you're like me, then the shelf space in your bathroom, eh, there's not a lot of it. And that's why I'm excited to introduce you to a line of beauty products that's as great and multitasking as you are. Kapari, these products, they moisturize skin, hair, smell great, but there's no sulfate, silicones, GMOs, and parabens. They're made with 100% organic coconut oil. There's a coconut sheer oil, coconut balm, coconut crush scrub, coconut body glow, which I really like. Um, it you know adds some shimmer. Uh, it doesn't look too glittery. And the original coconut melt you can use just to moisturize yourself everywhere from head to toe. Kopari, uh, they search all around the world for an oil of the highest quality. It smells great. Uh, feels great. If you want to say aloha to the best skin and hair of your life with Kapari, go to kaparibeauty.com slash K-A-T to get 20% off your order. That's Kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash cat, K-A-T as in me, for 20% off. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Cat Timp Show. My guest today is Rob O'Neill. Uh, he did something pretty cool. He uh, shot Osama Bin Laden. Right, Ron? You just shot Osama bin Laden. That did happen a few years ago. <laughs> Thanks like, for having me, Kat. I really appreciate it, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's like a pretty cool thing. I don't think I've, I mean, nobody's ever done anything that cool. I mean, how does that, is, is that something that, like, did you, I don't know how that works. Did you know right away that you shot him, or did you find out, were there bullets everywhere? No, when when I shot him, it was after going into a room. He, uh, I mean, I looked at him, saw him instantly, and it took me about, Less than a second to do what we call a target ID, target identification. Mm-hmm. And just by the way he was moving, um, not surrendering. And I remember thinking how skinny he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, his beard is shorter than I thought. It's gray. He's. Uh, I recognize the nose. He's yeah. a threat. He's not surrendering. He needs to go down. And he was very close to me. He was less than two feet away. And then I shot him in the head twice and he fell and I shot him again. Jesus. So I knew instantly that I got it. It didn't sink in until after. Right. Well, we had uh, his wife was there right in front of him, and um, I put her on the bed, and she was obviously really upset. His uh, two-year-old son was in there. I put him on the bed too, and I was mm-hmm. going to cuff the the woman. Other seals were coming into the room, and that's kind of when it sunk in. Yeah. So I'm standing there, like got and, him, <laughs> and I wasn't even sure what to think. And one of my guys came up to me, and uh, he said, "Are you okay?" And I, yeah. I said, "Yeah. What do we do now?" Right. So I'm talking to a guy that I've been on hundreds of missions with, and I'm asking him, "What do we do now?" And he kind of mm-hmm. laughed and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, "Now we go find the computers." Right. And yeah. I said, um, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm back. I'm back. Holy shit!" And he's like, right. "Yeah, you just killed a lot, and your life just changed." That's, so that's how I found out I killed him. <laughs> yeah. But like, <laughs> we knew a few weeks prior that we were going after him. I mean, that's. Uh, there was all kinds of weird shit in there, right? Like, like he had what, his well, thing. Well, what was weird about it, and still, there a lot of people aren't talking about it. There's something weird with the intelligence that we found. Um, that he was actually still running the whole show. Mm. He was in charge of Al Qaeda, and he was he was putting um, he was putting um, you know orders out and missions out. And he you know he had offices there. There were three rooms like that looked like little um, planning areas, and he was doing yeah. the whole thing. We found it all there. We found a bunch of opium, which was odd at first. I didn't think it was opium. I thought it was, it looked like freeze-dried steaks. So yeah. I was assuming like, wow, they're in it for the long haul. They're, they're going to like <laughs> hunker down and fight it out. But the more we looked, we're like, well, this is opium. It's another bag of opium, another big bag of opium. And we're like, that's how they're funding everything. This is the opium trade. Maybe he was getting fucked up too. I, I would be too. I would be too. I mean, because <laughs> I've thought about that before, man. I'm living in the same house with three wives for five years. I'm doing something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be here all sober. <laughs> yeah, just stuck in like a bunker, just sober as hell. 
shoot me. Maybe yeah. he turned himself in. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I remember I gave when I. When we Thanks, were, by the way. You just you just cleared it whether or not I can say fuck. Yeah, you can. You can say whatever. <laughs> I know. Like I was. I remember I was at when I, we went to the Yankees game last weekend. I was I was giving one of your SEAL team, uh, giving him shit, being like, "Are you mad that he gets all the credit?" <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, well, you know, he had a, he has a story too. He was involved in a pretty high. Well, he was involved in a lot of pretty much all of them too so he's yeah. done some stuff and he's taking his fair share of criticism so he's a, he's a hell of a guy I'm yeah absolutely i mean like and so like what you, you had to go through to get that point you said you, you like talking about like seal training because like if you look at co- college campuses now like students are like the same age as people could be doing something like that they're like Certainly. they're like these microaggressions are hurting me and this is not a safe space like so do you think that's that's harder or do you think that's sealed <laughs> You know, I've been shot at, and I've had my shoes complimented, and they're both equally offensive. And I don't know what. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. The the guys that we get going through SEAL training are that age, but they just have a different drive, mm-hmm. and it's just a, it, a real. Is and you know what's funny is a lot of these instructors take advantage of uh, of that because they're always looking for a new way to to see if they can you know, what affects the system to get how many people through this SEAL training program. So they. The new generation coming through, and I know you, that you represent millennials quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, I hate that. What they'll do, though, is they'll they'll kind of make it easy on them through the pipeline to get there, like through boot camp and through the first part. And like, you know, you're special and you're good and you're going to be fine. And they you know, train them up and get them in shape. But then the first day of SEAL training, they just dropped the hammer. And there was a line for the bell that you need to ring. Just people just quitting. I can't believe this. I'm offended and I'm hurt. And it's, it's yeah. so, they, they take advantage. And then, you know, they try that some classes. But, you know, you get your good guys and you get your wimps. It doesn't, you know. It, it, I'm we, a wimp. See, I cannot... I, I threw a weight on the floor during spin class last weekend. <laughs> like, I don't like feeling like I can't breathe. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's one of the tricks they do too is they make you not be able to breathe. They actually drown you, uh, tie you up, throw you in a pool and see if you can not panic. Basically. Really? Yeah, through negative reinforcement, see, you know, the panicking is not going to help. So you might as well calm down and figure this out. Yeah, I feel, I mean, what makes you want to do something like that? Well, a lot of people, it's, it's different. Some of it's uh, patriotism, drive, lifelong dream, um, whatever drives you. Mine was um, I wanted to get away from a girl. Mm. So I left Montana <laughs> to get away from a girl. And I tried to join the Marine Corps. But the Marine recruiter was not in the office. The Navy guy was, and he tricked me into joining the Navy. Because <laughs> I said I want to be a sniper. He said, look no further. We have snipers in the Navy. And yeah. all you need to do is become a Navy SEAL. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how to swim. And You just wanted to get away from a girl. I want to get away from a girl, and I figured, you know, this guy's a recruiter. He's not going to lie to me. I'll join the Navy. And I did. That's it. Yeah, wow. And I mean, and then, you, then you shot Bin Laden. That's well, later, a, right? Yeah. There, there's kind of a lot happened in between the, the girl and the, you know, about a bad Pakistan. Does she, does, I mean, does she, she ever, knows. That was to say, did she no. ever like talk to you? I like, did. I, I, she found me via Facebook mm-hmm. and I just let her know that, you know, in a weird way, like the butterfly effect, you're kind of responsible for Bin Laden dying. <laughs> you were so bad that <laughs> now Bin Laden That's said. how evil you are. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, that's amazing. It's all true, though. I mean, that's what's funny about. That's what's funny. Truth yeah, is funny. That's, it, it really is. I mean, it, you talked about patriotism. Like patriotism is pretty much not allowed anymore. Like people want to talk about their hurt feelings and things that America's yes. done is awful. Patriotism sometimes is almost. I mean, it's it's racist. Look at the stuff that's going on now with the kneeling at the flag. Like because because we're a racist country, and that's you know the history is racist, and it's it's, it's terrible. You can't it, you can be patriotic, but it's not popular on a lot of uh, social media and a lot of regular media, a lot of the mainstream media. It's not. It's not okay. It's, it's just right. Yeah, you you like to be rant, ranting about a Kaepernick uh, quite a bit, which is fair, especially on like nine eleven. Nine eleven, I had an issue with. Yeah, I mean, 
I, you know, and it's their right. And yes, we defend what they're doing. That's what we do. But 9-11, I mean, let's think about, I mean, I would recommend, I, I hope to talk to some of these NFL teams and I would have said on 9-11, let's for a minute think about someone that jumped to their death on a random Tuesday morning because it's better than burning alive. Right. Why don't you stand up for this one day and then we'll, next Sunday, maybe we'll kneel down or there's got to be better ways to do it. Right. Because there's like family members there. Yeah. With like their flags. And, and even if, even if in the post-game interviews, well, you know, I respect the troops. Well, guess what? The majority of the troops do not respect you anymore. And you will find the onesie twosies that say, okay, we respect that. But most of them don't because they think of, they think of the, uh, one of the most precious things in this nation's history is, is a gold star mom. Mm-hmm. That's when a son or daughter dies in combat. The first thing they do at the funeral is the commanding officer gives the mom an American flag. Right. And they keep that. That's, that's a reminder of their son or daughter. Mm-hmm. And if you take a need when that flag's anywhere... It doesn't matter, you know, whether you're offended by this or that or, or something. You respect that flag and find a different way to protest. You get, and even right now, if Colin Kaepernick next Sunday, or he played on Sunday, if he um, just stood up and did something different, he would, he would gain a lot more respect. And he might even get to play one or two plays a game because <laughs> he's on the bench. Maybe he was just, like, bored. He was like, <laughs> he might have been bored and thirsty because he was pretty close to the, either whatever was in that Gatorade uh, jug they have there. In yeah. San Francisco, you can have anything. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean... And, and is it frustrating for you? Because I know there's like, you know, non-interventionists like me that must just like piss you off so much because you you know more about what's going on. The, the non-intervention <laughs> thing to me is interesting though because um, that's that's the, um, not the Green Party, but the um, libertarian, libertarian argument. And it, who knows? I mean, it might work, but, you know, the whole thing would be back out and let them kill each other. That's If they didn't come here and kill us, then all right. But I mean, right now yeah. it's like, we'll back out, let them kill each other, but we'll bring in migrants and maybe, even though ISIS tells us they're going to be bringing people into the, the migration. So if we could back away and let them fight their fights, I mean, there's going to be a lot of genocide going on. Yeah. Because if, I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot of people out there that don't like each other. Right. A lot of it has to do with religion. Some of it has to do with um, tribal stuff. You got stuff in Africa, different tribes just based on history. And, and you know, you've, we've seen it all through history. We've seen genocide based on I don't like you. Right. And the thing about the, the refugees being like, you know, any concern about it, we need to take all these people in without really, no, you don't need to worry about vetting them any better. It's like, but they're, but they're saying that they're going to... Well, ISIS is telling us. <laughs> they're telling us they're, that. No, and, and they're, ISIS is a lot of things, but they're not liars. Yeah. They don't lie very much. And, and they're even now like, well, we'll send some through the migrants stuff. And then the other guys, don't worry about coming here because they're starting to wise up on the whole go to Turkey and cross the border. Just stay where you are and kill as many people as you can and make sure as many people see it as possible. Get mm-hmm. it on the news. And they're going to keep doing it. And yeah. that's just the problem with giving them a, 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 a toehold wherever they are. I mean, it's not an easy fix. And I don't envy the person making the decision, but I do think we have enough people that can sit in a room with smart people and figure out a solution. And one of the ways that we prevent this stuff is strength through force. Mm-hmm. I mean, bad stuff doesn't happen when we're strong. It happens when we're weak. And right now, because one of our, one of our major pillars is deterrence, more of a, you do this, we will do that. But if you don't, you'll be fine. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. Red lines in Syria. Look what happened with ISIS. Look what right. we have with the Russians in Crimea. They don't care. Look at what Russia's doing right now, hacking all of our political system, admitting it. Putin's standing there straight in his ties. Like, no, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, do you think that uh, political correctness, people say that that is actually a threat to national security? It is. That, so you, you do agree with that? Political correctness yeah. is a threat to Western society. I agree. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it started out as a good thing, but it's just not. I mean, yes, racism is bad. Yes, sexism is, is bad, all <laughs> right. this stuff. But I mean, the, some truth is not bad, too. And there's stuff you can't even look at the campus. You can't say anything without mm-hmm. offending someone. Like the, 
it, I mean, it's, it's just mind-boggling because a lot of these arguments are so based on emotion. Yeah. It's, I mean, emotion's fine, but don't make a decision based on it. Yeah, no decision ever. No. Especially yeah. not as a country. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, I no, as a country, no, don't, let's not base policy on this stuff. I mean, I learned on, uh, and I'm sure you've had this before, I became a little famous on Twitter, mm-hmm. and we have what are called Twitter haters. I'm sure you have oh, a yeah, few of those. Oh, yeah, plenty. Something that Twitter has taught me is give yourself 24 hours. Something makes you mad, give yourself 24 hours. If I'm still mad, maybe I should be mad. But if I wake up the next day, I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal. But that's because you're not making a motion-based decision, which all of these ridiculous, politically correct, nonsensical um, ideologies are based on emotion, not fact. And right. you present fact, you're labeled. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Liberals are very, very tolerant until you disagree with them, and then they become very, very violent. Yeah, so are you supporting Trump, or do you have... I'm not going to support uh, anybody. I don't want to endorse anybody. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with both, obviously, and I've, I've, I've never met Hillary Clinton. I have met Donald Trump several times. Um, I, I know that, I mean, I know that Hillary understands foreign policy. I know she does. Um, I know she has a, a lot of flag officers that back her, and she does have backbone. I mean, she was responsible for making decisions in key areas. That's fine. And um, both of them, they are just, uh, they're really burning at both ends. This is a very difficult job. I travel quite a bit. I can't imagine how much they travel and speak and shake hands and not mm-hmm. tell someone to go f themselves. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Trump knows how to how to build stuff, create jobs, um, and then the negativity you see towards him is just because he's speaking what he thinks is right. I mean, he you know he has funny ways of saying it, sometimes yeah. offensive ways of saying it, but. I know I think he really wants to help. He has a problem. You know, Mexico doesn't like him. He goes to Mexico. Right. Michigan doesn't like him. He goes up there. He talks to the communities. He wants to tell them. And he, he knows how to create stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, you know, the, I mean, he can create jobs. I mean, it, it, it's right now, it's, it's, it sort of looks like, you know, Donald Trump wants the job because he wants to help. Hillary wants the job because it's her turn. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing. I just, I don't want to, I, as best as I can, I don't want to get in the middle of it. I think there's enough people getting in the middle of it. Yeah, I've not endorsed anyone either. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Hillary's little falling down incident? I think that um, pneumonia is a is sort of a good cop out, mm-hmm. but it's interesting she didn't go to the hospital. She yeah. went to, to Chelsea's apartment. This isn't the first time Hillary's had problems with things. And I think that being caught where it was on the day that it was with the amount of media around that happens one more time, that's it. And they're uh, going to replace her. Yeah, and I mean, to lie about it too, that makes it look Wait, worse. wait, 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 wait. Or to, Hillary couldn't lie about something? Yeah, exactly. Being like, I was overheated. Oh, also, I have pneumonia. Also. Well, like, they couldn't even get it straight because President Clinton, Bill Clinton, was on stage saying, who's the last person that, you know, last time I checked, millions of people had the flu. Yeah. I mean, I wish you had an earpiece in where the producer could have said, no, 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 it's pneumonia. Pneumonia, Bill. I mean, Mr. President. We're going with pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> pneumonia, don't kill me. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, and she's just, I don't know. She, she's like, if you get on, you know, if you if you get a speech uh, as a president or as a leader, as a potential leader, and you're just doing more apologizing than actually presenting solutions, which is what I've been seeing mm-hmm. more and more of, is that going to really, nobody's going to be afraid of us. I no, well, they're not afraid of us now. That's for mm-hmm. certain. Um, Hillary, like I said, has the backing, and she could be able if she built up the military and had backing of some smart uh, generals and whatever, and got rid of some of the political correctness. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, like I said, they're definitely not afraid of us now. With Mr. Trump, who knows what they would be? But I mean, and you have you know the extremists on one side saying, "Well, he's going to just have the codes and start nuking people." I disagree with that. I hope that wouldn't happen. But you know, I've talked to pretty high level people, and um, you know, people back Hillary, people back Trump. Um, obviously the Republicans now are leaning more towards Trump just based on what is happening lately. And he seems to be gaining some momentum right now. Um, it, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you what, I will be watching the debate. 
and I will be recording it and watching it again. I want to, I just got to see what happens there. I really can't wait for that. I'm really excited. <laughs> I mean, what's going to happen? How is that even going to work? It's going to be like a Twisted Sister concert or something <laughs> crazy. I don't, I don't know what is going to go down, but it's going to be fun. See, I have disagreements with Trump more about policy than about the way he talks. I mean, everything he said, even the things that were racist or sexist or what people said that they were, nothing really blew my mind to something like, oh, this is horrible. He's just saying things that a lot of people, I mean, we've all said things. We've all said things. <laughs> and, and I mean, there would be a point where I would hope, and I think it's happening now when we're saying, okay, you get like one tweet a day. But <laughs> we should take this iPhone away from you and have a Twitter guy. Yeah, it's a Twitter guy. It's just sad. I mean, I'll I'll still never forget that Cinco de Mayo Taco Bowl. I love Hispanics tweet. I mean, I I never, I was sitting there and I looked at it and I was just staring at it. It's almost (laughs) like, did someone hack you? But but like, even his opponents don't want to hack him at some point. It's like, let him, hey, let her eat. Let the big dog eat. That's because it's, you know, it's his Twitter. I mean, he's got how many millions of followers now? Yeah, I think Hillary's is more embarrassing because she doesn't run it, and it's, it's some millennial runs it, and it's clearly somebody who's trying to like pivot to or uh, get millennials support yeah, by they using are. they are using like her Snapchat. She's just like yes, and stuff. It's like stop it. The you way know? the sixty-nine-year-old grandmother does not talk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have to yell at my dad for being on Facebook sometimes, and he's you know, he's pushing sixty-seven. It's like, Dad, you don't know. You, I know you don't say that. Yeah. Do you um do you ever get you know crazy fans too? Yeah, I get um, the occasional uh, crazy stalker type and also the crazy hater type. Mm-hmm. That um, kind of the point where it used to be I want to respond, but and it, it like was like well, why would you say that about me? Now it's like it makes my day. I love reading about nonsense because a lot of these people are just there's nothing better to do and the catfish that don't. You yeah. Know, it's, I don't think that that's you in the bikini. I think it, you know you might be a, <laughs> you might be an overweight balding gentleman but yeah. just not hey i don't want to offend you but that might but be if who that's you are who you are exactly i'm just calling it like i see it i want to go back so i'm thinking about the making you think you're gonna gonna drown thing i mean what other kind of stuff do they do to you well that's an interesting school and um basically it's it's a it's a school that encourages you to quit mm. they don't they don't like try to talk you out of it it's more of a you're gonna do the hardest thing imaginable day after day after day for eight and a half nine months depending on how well you do and it usually starts with a um, like a 5 a.m. workout, which actually you wake up at 3.30 a.m. because you need to have all your guys together and make sure you have all your guys together and make it there on time. And then you work out, run a mile to breakfast and then a mile back and then do like a six-mile run and then like two hours of PT with the logs and then a few old courses and then run a mile to lunch and a mile back. If you don't want to eat, you still got to do Oh, you're going, you're going to lunch, <laughs> but you do want to eat. I hate running. I might just be like, I'm not going to uh, go. They, it's a mile to the galley, the chow hall. So it's you run six miles a day just to eat. That's Jeez. If you did nothing but eat, you're running six miles a day. And then you know you do it till about 5, 6 p.m. and then try to recover and start over the next day. And I'll tell people too, don't think about it. Like I'm now to graduation day. It's like little teeny goals. Like wake up on time and make your bed. Yeah. And that's a goal. And then brush your teeth. And that's a goal. Then make it to the workout and then make it to breakfast and then lunch. Like just look at it like that. And if you're going to quit, quit tomorrow mm-hmm. because that's the way to, th- okay, I'm just, I'm not going to quit now. I'll quit tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes like, okay, it wasn't that bad. I'll just quit tomorrow. Oh. But it's a, uh, it's, so a- it's like alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, what's funny is it actually is too, because you're done at seven. You got a couple hours to throw them back. Right. It's like one. Well, it's also like, like the whole one day at a time thing. Like just is, one no, more that's exactly day right. That's actually drink. really, really good advice. <laughs> and then, and then, SEAL training is like, you, I didn't think I was going to make it until the last week. Like I got there Monday 
And then Friday we're graduating. It's like, wow, I'm going to make it. Now what? I have to be a Navy SEAL. How's that going to be? Yeah, that's terrifying. It's, it, well, it was because I, I joined for four years. I'm gonna, I left because of the girl. Mm-hmm. Four years, it'll be kind of cool. I might make it, I might not, but four years in the Navy, San Diego. Then I made it through, became a SEAL, met the guys. My four years was up, and I was like, well, I'm pretty young. I can just stick around. I don't mm-hmm. need to leave, and I love these guys, so I re-enlisted. And then 9-11 happened. I'm like, well, now I can't leave, and went overseas some more, and then I found out about SEAL Team 6. I'm like, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, so my team was actually uh, – we uh, we were the team that rescued the, the lone survivor, Marcus Luttrell. Mm-hmm. We were the team that jumped in to rescue Captain Richard Phillips from the Somali Pirates. And then we were the team that, that uh, killed Bin Laden. Like, I was I, I was in spots. I was on the base when Bo Bergdahl walked off. Yeah. And then uh, we tried to rescue him about 19 times. We never did get him. And then I was, after the Bin Laden raid, January 2012, I was part of a team that was tasked to go get him out of Keta, Pakistan. Jesus. Just happened to be in the weirdest spots and just, you know, yeah, all because of a girl. Yes, you probably hear me complaining about all the work I have to do. It's like a lot less you, consequential. You came, you came in here like a bulldozer. Boom. I did. I, I had a, you know, I just, I'm complaining. I'm like about to complain about slow walkers on the street. That is, that pisses me off. That, I really think that's does. why gun laws are so, so tough here in New York. Because people just piss you off all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, when, when you, um, SEAL Team 6, was that, how did you go from just being a Navy SEAL to doing that? What's There's that? There's a... Uh, SEAL Team Six is the is a tier one unit. It's the right. it's the counterterrorism team. Right. And once you're a SEAL for a certain amount of time, you can apply to get into SEAL Team Six, and that's a long process. Everything from approval from the team you're on to a screening process over at SEAL Team Six, which is which is all um, um, really hard physical tests, psychological evaluations, peer evaluations, everything about your finances, your how much you drink, um, your home life, your debt, you know, everything, how your tactics are, um, all kinds of stuff. Another hard physical test that they like you in that like a three week screening process, they invite you to a nine month selection course, which is just, again, a bunch of stress management. How can you handle situations, you know, all with live fire moving in certain situations, a bunch of skydiving, uh, all kinds of tactics, boat tactics, uh, more skydiving, more shooting, and then advanced uh, explosive training. And the tactics that we have are so good. Those, that's why we were we were as good as we were when we went to fight the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's all just it's movements and angles and distances and and all kinds of safety stuff. And they just get in your head. Like even if you don't screw up, they are gonna they're gonna make you they're gonna punish you really really hard for a mistake that you didn't make to see how you handle making a mistake you didn't make if that makes sense at all it's just yeah. it's a total total mind game and this process is actually um, the seals that go there 50 percent of those guys don't make it through the selection to get to seal team six so these are guys that made it through the hardest military training in the world they don't make it through this training yeah but then you get to seal team six and now you're just gonna take on the, the most important missions if you're available and how and and how is it I'm sure there's a lot of mental training involved. I mean, are you do they are they able to make it so you're not terrified when you're doing this? No, these they things? want they want you to be terrified. They want to see how you handle it. Can you get over it? Like can you can you come into a situation, make a mistake, acknowledge it and forget about it and get on with what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Or do you keep thinking about a mistake, even though it's not helping you at all, you keep thinking about a mistake and then you over somewhere else you make a bigger mistake because you can't stop thinking about that mistake. It's just I'm just it's saying. it's 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 mind boggling, but <clears throat> they're just teaching you that um that stress is a choice. Stress is in your mind. You can either be stressed out or you can not be stressed out. And that's mm-hmm. it. It's like it, the old saying is that bravery is not the a- absence of fear. It's the ability to recognize fear and then push it aside and do it anyway. 
I mean, I get scared if I hear a weird noise in my apartment. <laughs> well, see, being scared is good because you start to think more clearly mm. and your senses are better. It's when you panic, it gets bad. Mm-hmm. If, to, if Fear is healthy. Um, but panic like is contagious. Like if people panic, you'll notice people panic and more people panic. And, and the prime example of that <clears throat> is in uh, airports, either getting on the plane or at the baggage claim. Watch people when the bags start coming, people start moving, they start freaking out and everyone's like jockeying for position. But watch it if ever, rarely, people just stay calm, everyone gets their bag quicker. Everybody gets on the plane faster because we're all chilling out. But once some person panics, everyone panics. And it's like the whole herd mentality. Yeah, I mean, so how long did you know? So you were on this mission to get Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. You knew for how long before you actually about went three in there? Weeks. About three weeks. How do you prepare for something like that? Well, the... Um, the tactics were already there. We mm-hmm. uh, we we already knew they they handpicked us out of a squadron the the twenty three to twenty eight guys that were going to go on the mission and we just needed. I mean, the only reason we really needed to train up for the mission, well, one was so we knew the the outside of the compound what it looked like so we would know where all the roads and walls and stuff were, but the other was so the people making the uh, decisions could see that we would do it and we give them a warm and fuzzy. Just send us. We got this. And even when we were talking about going inside. They, uh, they said, well, we don't really know the layout inside these buildings. And we said, good, we don't want to know them because that's just, you're choreographing something you don't need. When we have the tactics to respond as soon as we get in, we don't want to hear, okay, when you go in, there will definitely be a turn to the right because you go in, there's not a turn to the right, it's to the left. You just screwed everything up. Just let me see it and we'll react to, to each other. Yeah. So we didn't. We we only did the training to uh, to show the people, we, you need to sell a target like anything. It's like, you know, it's like, selling pharmaceuticals or whatever you need to have a great product and here's a customer and this is why it's awesome and boom so we had to sell it to uh with the help of um we had uh, the famous uh, admiral bill mcraven he was like he was in charge of the whole thing he sold it to president obama and that's why we got the whole mission was because of him you ever read his speech by the way um make your bed no yeah i'm uh, i don't make my bed (laughs) (laughs) you'll read and you'll start in fact i my comforter duvet situation they don't really fit together So it's usually just turns into like a little ball instead of a larger sheet, and I just kind of snuggle with that. That's nice. We don't now in Detroit. We don't call it a duvet. Duvet. I I don't know. I think it's just me that doesn't call it that. I'm not fancy. Um, how many people would you estimate that you've killed? That's a tough one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, it, that's why it always it always cracks me up when I see um when I see the books that people wrote and they're like you know so and so confirmed kills. We were on. De- you know, deployment or uh, deployment number 10, combat mission number 300. I remember asking a guy, Hey, how do you confirm a kill? By the way, and he's like, Shit, I don't know. I'm like, neither do I. How do all these guys get confirmed kills? I know snipers, geez, I've seen them kill hundreds of hundreds of people, and no one knows how many. So we got a kill that night. I'm like, yeah, I'm confirming that. Now you have one. <laughs> well, I kind of always wonder that too. How do you know if you really. I don't know. I think, I think um, the rule is you need to have a senior guy see you do it or whatever. But yeah. we, we never really cared that much. I mean, you don't forget your first. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't forget your last, um, but you, you know, in the middle, there's a, I mean, it's just, it's combat, you know, it's a, it's a war and no, I don't know. That's, what I don't know what <laughs> That's why I'm here. I've killed zero people. <laughs> I've actually killed zero. Who's, um, yeah. Who's the first, who was the first, what was your first The kill? first kill that I had was actually in Ramadi, Iraq. And I was, I don't want to say his name, not the guy that I killed. I don't know his name. <laughs> um, the, the guy, you met, you met a guy at a Yankees game. He was with me yeah. right at that moment. We both killed guys at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we were just on a standard um, um, operation that went bad. You know, we're trying to creep up. They spotted us, shots being fired everywhere. And 
a lot of guys got their first kill on that mission and we were coming out of a building and we did one of our tactics like i was mentioning with uh, with angle different angles covering each other and we had bad guys pop up like just like targets doing training they popped up we shot them and then we kind of stood there like, hey, I, I just got that guy. He's like, I just got that guy. All right, cool. What, what should we do? And it's like, let's do one of those bounding things. And so we <clears throat> covering each other and backing up. And, you yeah. know, it's one of those things. And then the more you get into it, the more bad guys you meet and the more guys you kill. And then the more you realize that you're a lot better than they are. And it just turns um, – it got to a point that part of the reason I got out of the Navy was – I didn't retire. I just got out because um, I stopped getting adrenaline in gunfights. It just wasn't exciting, and I knew. Jesus if, Christ! I just I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't I, if I wasn't excited. I would get complacent, and I would make a bad decision, and someone would get a lucky shot, and I just I can't have that. So either. yeah, gunfights became boring. Gunfights is we knew the night was more interesting, but it's like oh here we go. Gotta uh, kill a bunch of gotta, people. Time to go kill. Time to go killing. <laughs> You're like I just want to go get drunk. <laughs> can we do both? I don't know. <laughs> I absolutely don't. I absolutely don't know. I mean, you're. I just. You just kill people. I mean, do you know you're going to kill people? So if somebody no, just comes at you, know, you and you shoot them. No. To be honest, uh, most of the missions that we went on, there were there weren't a lot of shots fired. There, I mean, there was okay. There was a time like in 2007 during the in Iraq during the surge when and the awakening, we would go out and we'd kill people every night. Mm. Uh, but generally, we would go to houses and find out that either the bad guys that were there were not armed. They got pretty smart. They knew at night. If the guys with the beards and the short sleeves and the tattoos came in, they're going to kill us. So they mm. they stopped. Uh, they would actually bury their guns somewhere else or hide them, and they just knew day at nighttime just don't have guns. So we'd go in arrest people, and then um, you know let the women and children chill out at the house. And if they're you know we had we got really good at interrogating, we'd find out who the bad guys were, why they're there, and we would take them back and then uh, you know arrest them. How would you find out how? Oh, just interrogation processes, and we actually learned um, that like. Well, we didn't learn, but it, well, we guess we did learn that the best way to do it is just to catch them in a lie, or you lie to them and see who's lying. Just simple things. Ask them who's in the house. What are their names? Three guys say the same thing. Two guys say different, and they're the liars. They're bad yeah. guys. That's it. I mean, it turned into you know, just just be smarter than they. Are. I mean, lie to them too. Tell them you know, I, I use your TV for the satellites and the signals. That's how I found out whose house this is. And oh my God, it's like because Americans put the satellites up, so that's our TV. Oh, yeah. But that's all crap. That's all, yeah, it's bullshit. But, uh, you know, the the nights that we would shoot people, it's because they were armed and they're a threat or, you know, bombers or, or, or things like that. And you can you can kind of tell them that they're bad guys and you just, you know, just re- respond to them and um, and we're just better shots than they are. So you just you just kill people and then what, you go to like happy hour or what? <laughs> happy <laughs> hour is tough to find in, in Fallujah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think I'd like to go there. I wouldn't recommend it. I, t- I know I tell people stay out of the Middle East. You want to see a cool pyramid? We have one in uh, in Vegas. It's called the Luxor Ample Buffet. Yeah, what's? Is it dangerous over there right now? ISIS is taking that place over. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing too much. I personally don't travel abroad. I don't know if you would have figured that one out. I just I'm not safe over there. Yeah, I can't even go to Oktoberfest like... anymore what in Munich. Mean? Why? Germanistan. I can't go over there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. You can't go anywhere. No. People, a lot of people really don't like you. It turns there. out, right? Yeah, nobody's concerned about it becoming like Europe over here, I feel like. They're not in a concerned. Lot of ways. They're not concerned yet, but it's 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 happening that way and it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Germany's to the point where it's not recoverable anymore and uh, Merkel's bringing in migrants by the Despite, I mean, you see, you've seen the videos of all those military-aged males walking in. Yeah, it's pretty scary, and they're not. I mean, they're not coming here and respecting the normal laws. They're bringing Sharia law with them, which is dangerous. And I hate that you can't say that. 
a lot of people have a problem with you saying that. They do that. have a problem with saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, I mean, it's just one of the realities that we're going to need help from from the majority of Muslims who are moderate and realize, look, you can, you know, practice your faith, but Sharia does not trump the Constitution. It can't. We are a nation of immigrants, but, you know, we don't just come over here and here's what we do. You come in here and you become part of the melting pot and then you, pro- you, know, you produce for the country and then we all create jobs. That's how it works. Right. Or how it worked anyway. And it's, it's a lot of people who claim to be feminists and they don't they don't speak out against it. And it's like, you understand women are like murdered because they were raped. In the streets. <laughs> and even in Saudi Arabia, one of our staunchest allies, they still behead women in the streets with sabers. Mm-hmm. Now that's, I mean, that's pretty prehistoric to me, but that's just because they were accused of, of either blasphemy or adultery or whatever. God forbid if you're gay, anywhere yeah. over there, they're going to, th- well, even in part of the Quran. And again, you know, I... I, 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 this is part of the stuff where I do want to be politically correct because there are good people everywhere. Of course. But there's part of the Quran that says if you find a homosexual, you throw them off the highest place you can find. And you notice ISIS is doing that right now. Yeah, there's places they actually are doing that. They're doing it. And, that's, and then you hear people like Howard Dean saying, well, they're about as Islamic as I am. Well, that's not true because... You know, people like Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, if you did any research, uh, he's the caliph that was appointed by Ashura, and he's got a doctorate in Islamic studies, so I'm pretty sure he knows more about uh, about Islam than most of us. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen anything like that when you were out there? Have you ever seen anything? Um, stuff that horrific we would see on, usually on CDs or thumb drives because they would send them to us mm-hmm. to mess with us because this is what we're doing. Like we, uh, we'd see beheading videos of women crossing the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan without a male uh, um, escort. And so they would just cut her head off and send it to us. So oh that means so, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty, uh, pretty barbaric. A lot of it is. And I mean, like a lot of that stuff cannot be defeated with military might alone. A lot of it's got to be educated, but you know, like I mentioned earlier, we need help from a lot of our um, moderate Muslim and Arab friends. Yeah. I, the video. So you just have to sit there and watch, you know, like, there's some of the worst stuff that you can and I would highly recommend do not Google search stuff like that because you will find stuff you cannot unsee like I mean videos of guys teaching children how to cut heads off and it takes the kids seven minutes to cut the guy's head off like that's probably a miserable seven minutes for the guy oh my god we 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 went into a house in Iraq and a guy had a severed head in his freezer and we were interrogating him and we're like can you explain this and the guy said (laughs) I swear he goes well that's not mine I'm like well no shit it's not yours I mean I'm talking to you it's tough to laugh he at. Found just like, a severed head in the freezer. Head in the freezer. I mean, where do you keep it? And what is it? Oh, and he was just being like, I don't know anything about it. I don't it. know anything. It's like, dude, you have a head in your freezer. Like you're a bad guy. Like this is <laughs> this is like like first ballad Hall of Fame terrorist. Like you yeah. are. You're getting you're getting selected. Why did he want to keep the head? I don't know. But why, more importantly, why do we want to let him go from Guantanamo? Like that should keep you on that Caribbean island. Yeah. The, ew, what does a head in a freezer look like? It's it's It looks fake. Really? So it's like you see on TV? Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen heads in freezers on TV, not to brag. <laughs> right. yeah, I, don't mean to talk, I don't mean to talk about being in the shit, but I've seen it on TV. <laughs> not to brag, but I've seen a lot of like SVU, so I've seen some shit Isn't too. SVU awesome? It is my favorite. Yeah, it's good. I, I don't know why. I just can That's watch it That's a tough one. Don't watch 15 seconds of it because you're there for an hour. Absolutely. Head in the, head in the. What what did you do to that guy? Who had the head well, he gets the arrested. Freezer? I mean, you know, he's not armed. He's not anything. We're the good guys, so we're just going to arrest you and bring you back. And like, when, what do you do with the head? You take a picture of it or bring it back? Is a lot Snapchat. of times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this guy was way ahead of us. Just yeah. Snapchat it. Head in the freezer. That'd be interesting. Be a tough one. No one would think it's legit, but it's funny. Nobody would probably. I would. I don't know. Maybe I would follow that Snapchat and just. Oh, he's get. He's definitely getting to follow. <laughs> I don't. And then Guantanamo. A lot of these people that are there for even things like that. 
they want to let the him thing, go. The thing that's frustrating about Guantanamo is it is it is so hard to get someone sent there. There was such a process, a, a, just a laborious um, process of different interviews, different interrogations to get someone finally, this guy's going to Guantanamo. He's that bad. Mm-hmm. And now they're, these are the worst of the worst there now. Th- these guys are all going back to jihad if they get released. They, if, if they, they have so much street credit, too. If they're in Guantanamo and they go back, it's, I mean, they're, 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 uh, they're top of the list. They're going to be a leader. There's a guy over there right now. Uh, his name is actually Ibrahim Alkosi. I don't know how I remember that. And he's running a uh, terrorist uh, uh, training camp indoors in Yemen. And the reason it's indoors so no one can see it so you can't drone strike it. And all he's doing is training anybody from any sect of Islam as long as you promise to go bring the jihad to the West. And he was in Guantanamo. We had him. Yeah, and we let him go, and now mm-hmm. he's running a terrorist training center. Yeah, and he wants to kill you. He wants to kill me. Yeah, and he wants to kill, yeah, he wants to kill me. Mm-hmm. He, wants, he, wants, he wants to kill Paul over here. He wants to Sorry, kill, Paul. He wants to kill all of us. <laughs> How the fuck does that happen? Um, a political promise. We're going to close Guantanamo because it's an international symbol and it recruits, which is not the truth. I mean, as opposed to letting him go, you got to figure out a way to put him somewhere. Right. I mean, I, tribunals. But then, but then we have politically correct military attorneys defending these terrorists. It's 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 mind boggling. You should hear some stories of some of the people that go down there. They cannot believe what they're seeing. The whole twenty three hours a day in the yard. We can play soccer and halal meals. And this is way is Mecca. At Guantanamo, play mm-hmm. they play soccer all day long. Yeah, and I they're think... on a Caribbean island. It's a lot better than where they live. I thought I heard that. But they're not. That. I mean, we're not going to. You can't say this guy's. He's he, he's not good. He's not. He, he hasn't been. He's he's not going to go back and not be a terrorist at this point. There's no way. And you know, you hear the story or two of, uh, which I don't buy, of, well, a guy that was an innocent man sent there. I still don't buy it. Like, they're, okay, you're from Yemen. We caught you in 2001 in Afghanistan, and you're a good guy. You was innocent. What are you doing? You're, you're teaching at the madrasa? No, you're a terrorist. You're fighting with the jihad. That's what you're doing. Interesting. And I, I really don't like the idea that do, like due process applies to uh, people like that. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't. And that's part of the problem with why we can't bring them back to they're the not States. Citizens. Well, <laughs> like they're well, not, no, they're not the United States. States. And they're not part of a legitimate army. These are mm-hmm. terrorists. I, would, I, mean, I mean, a simple solution, I think, would be put them in Florence, Colorado, the Supermax, put them all in solitary and leave them there. Mm. And people will, you know, time heals everything. People will forget about them. We got people there now. That, so what you're saying is, if you get captured, you go to Guantanamo, you get released, you essentially are guaranteed a promotion. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you've been you've been there. You've seen the the infidel, and you've been to his the famous Guantanamo Bay. And the only reason that it's a uh, they say it's a recruiting. The only people talking about it is the United States. We keep bringing it up, and it's just stop talking about them. I mean, Secretary Kerry wants us to stop talking about everything anyway, so it'll go away. Stop talking about Gitmo. No one, no one will care. See, I think it's interesting the way that we talk about terrorists as being like masterminds, and I think that masterminds that's, a little much. I hate, I, think. I hate that. Yeah. That kind of bothers me because what would make you join ISIS? Like you're a loser, right? Why would you want to join ISIS? ISIS a lot of them, a lot of ISIS are just complete psychopaths, and that's what it is. Some of them actually, are, some of them come from really crappy places, and they they they're believers, they're staunch believers in the caliphate, and this is the Islamic State in the end of times. You know, like, like I said, some of them, like, okay, the, the original, okay, the nine eleven attacks. The way that was coordinated and the way they got the guys in place and were even smart enough to um, to not tell everyone on the plane that it's a suicide mission, that, that took planning. That's a, that's a tough, tough plan. I, it's the most disgusting thing in the history of the world, but that was a plan and there was some, some you know, a mastermind behind it. Everything else is other stuff like, okay, so this guy got a dump truck and he ran through a crowd in France. Yeah. Not a mastermind. 
Right. Just an asshole. Just an asshole. That's it. That's all you are. I mean, so you have a driver's license and Hertz gave you a freaking, sorry, Hertz. Someone gave you a dump truck. I didn't mean that. Yeah. The favorite dumpster truck of ISIS. <laughs> I really hope I don't hear about that. No, you won't. You won't. You, you, you corrected it. Maybe it was, I don't know what, I don't know mm. what dump truck that was either. But yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to do. And, and that's why, what do you think about people make the argument of, you know, gun control, when the Orlando thing happened, people were talking about gun control. Gun control, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's the answer for everything. Um, Southside Chicago, not so much. They're, they right. have some of the strictest gun laws in the country. We all know that. Um, um, I think again, like the whole actively participate in saving your own life thing. The people in or, in Orlando, they um, you know, they sat there for how many hours? I know. Well, you got to do something about it. Um, if someone in there would have had a gun, you can. I'm a big believer that the way to stop the bad guys to eliminate the threat. Get up to them. You can, you can, if, if you're, I, I wish people would take gun classes, be smart with them. Um, I do believe too many people are too stupid with their guns and have accidental shootings. And right. I, I hate that. But I mean, if, if you can recognize the sound of a gun going dry, like his AK probably, or he wasn't using AK, but he's using a different gun. Um, when it went dry and he needs to reload, it's going to take him. He, I guarantee he's not an operator. It takes him a while to reload it. That's when you attack him. And you don't even need a gun to do that. Just you need kick a, him in the balls. Acoustic, something. Kick him somewhere. <laughs> but um, the gun control thing, yeah, I mean, it's not going to work. The, the illegal guns right now, I think, are the problem. And yeah. but you know, to be fair, a lot of Americans are too crazy. It's like, well, it's my right. I should have a bazooka. It's like, well, no, you <laughs> fucking shouldn't. No, knock it off. Stop. You know. Yeah, I, I don't think everyone needs a bazooka. But I think the more that they talk about taking away guns, is making more people want to go buy bazookas. Yes, it is because I want to have everything before they come take them from me. My cold dead hands. That all stuff. I don't think anyone's going to take your your guns away but i you know they want to restrict now the issue is too though they they say they want to restrict assault rifles and they don't have the first clue what an assault rifle is because like they they, they talk about the uh, the ar-15 that's not an assault rifle it's a semi-automatic rifle yeah. assault rifle is fully automatic which means you pull the trigger once and a you know bullets go flying out uh they start you know they do stupid stuff like restricting um restricting the magazines you do it in california where you need another bullet to poke this button to get the magazine out which sounds good to a stupid politician, but like if you, the person that's smart enough to follow those rules and buy that gun is for home defense. And if you need to reload because you've got four intruders in your house, which obviously isn't very likely, you don't want to mess around with relo- unloading that thing. You want to get your another magazine in there. If someone knows how to do a mag change, he's not going to be a terrorist, I think. But this argument is going to go so many different ways. So. And, and, and yeah, and, and forever. And it's people, they don't want to talk about terrorism. They don't want to talk about hmm. it because it's complicated. It. What would you do about ISIS? My thing with ISIS, simple question. I'm a big believer, very, very simple. <laughs> so I should have knocked down 20 seconds. And I've, I've, I was one of the first ones to say this, is, mm-hmm. is uh, it is an Islamic state. They do believe in end of times. Um, <clears throat> they have a capital right now in Syria. Um, it's not Aleppo. Um, it is uh, um, Dabiq's the country they want to fight in. It's, uh, oh, geez, I, I totally brain farted. The, ca- mm-hmm. the capital in our Syria. Anyway, it's, uh, I'll get to it in a second. There's a capital there that is historically in, in, the, um, in, the, in the Quran as the end of times will be there. Dabiq is where the Romans are going to come back in. Um, and they're going to defeat the Romans there in Dabiq um, with the help of Jesus, by the way. I don't know if you know that. What? Jesus is going to come back and fight um, um, with the Muslims. Yeah, I'm serious. So we need to go in there and just take out the capital of Syria, not with an occupying force, just take them down um, and then uh, just prove to the people that they're inspiring that this was not quite time for the end of time. That's, I mean, that's, it's a tough one. It's not going to be an easy war um, um, and people are going to die and there's going to be collateral damage, but you need to get in there and, and, uh, and make it happen. And you, you, need, you need American boots on the ground unilateral to, to win this fight. I mean, so- Air power and troops on the ground. And, and I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Hillary right now is saying she's not going to do it. Um, um, 
Trump might, I don't know, but someone needs to be smart and get in there. You got to fight him on the ground in there and take away the inspiration that's already there. I mean, we've been doing the same thing for a while and I feel like it's just not working. No, I mean, <laughs> they're bombing and stuff and they are killing people, but the bombing stuff is going to work a couple of ways. With too much bombing, you're going to get um, a lot on the ground to start fighting with them because they're tired of getting bombed. Um, and But I mean, again, you can't go in there take it over and then all of a sudden become a rebuilding force. We're going to need help from, a, from in this case, a Sunni Muslim uh, force to go in there and, and not necessarily occupy, but you definitely got to get ISIS out of there. And I mean, it's a, it's a really tough spot to be. What do you think? I'm just thinking about, I'm still thinking about training. What do you think about uh, women, the women in the combat roles thing? That's an interesting question because I'm a big believer that, again, talking with ISIS, if you've noticed, they are not uh, Raqqa, Syria, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And just so you know, I didn't Google that. I didn't get there yet. So I hate <laughs> no to No problem. Th- <laughs> um, there is, uh, ISIS fighters are not afraid to die. They want to die on the battlefield, which makes them difficult to fight. Mm-hmm. Not afraid to die, are afraid of going to hell. A lot of the reason they do some of this horrific stuff is because they don't want to go to hell. They're very selfish. They want to go to paradise. If they get killed by a woman, they go straight to hell. Oh, really? So my answer to that is lock and load, ladies. If we can get women <laughs> over there to kill them, let's do it. They'll be scared to death of women. The Kurds have women fighting them, and they're terrified of the Kurdish women. That's crazy. It's the truth. If you get killed by a woman, you go to hell? If you get killed by a woman, you go straight to hell. Also, if um, if you get killed with um, anything to do with pigs or pork, you go to hell. They don't realize this, but a lot of the, a lot of the gelatin in a plastic explosive they use is made from pork. So Jesus. suicide bombers, I, I mean, we can put that out. That, you know, you're probably going to hell for being a suicide bomber. Just don't do it. Wow. Do they not have Google over there? Uh, no, they do have Google, but they're too busy with uh, tweeting me. <laughs> Terrorists tweet you? I've been tweeted by a few of them, yeah. Jesus. They're rude. What do they say? They're like, we'll find you. Oh, my God. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, but they're probably not going to, right? I hope not. <laughs> I, would, I would hope not. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, yeah, come on over. Here's where I live. But it's like. It is. It, at first, it was disturbing to get those. I'm kind of used to them now, and they've kind of backed off a little bit. They'll they'll pipe up every now and then. Yeah, they all just want their seven virgins. I don't know. Like, 72. Does that, 70, does that sound fun, though? Just having, like, 72 no, virgins? No, I'm thinking, like, half and half. Like, if they're all virgins and there's 72 of them, like, what do you even do with that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound. It's actually the it's way like they... the worst party ever. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it's wacky, wacky world. God, all right. We've already been, uh, we're already like almost been, been talking for like a, a long time. This <laughs> stuff is so much more interesting than my life. I'm like, he didn't text me back. I'm, <laughs> I'm upset. And you're like, have been worried about, I mean, have you, you said you got bored in gunfighting combat. Not bored, I just stopped getting adrenaline. Yeah. So it was more of a just, um, it's exciting. It's kind of this. I mean, you get guys that are excited and it's one of the situations where you try to calm them down and figure out a solution. But it was just, it wasn't, it just wasn't there anymore way i mean my first my first mission there wasn't even a shot fired and i was so amped up because i thought everything was going to be this and that and then you sort of get used to it and then you get used to getting shot at and then i mean when someone shoots an ak-47 at you you do get i mean if it's at you it's they're loud so you get, you get a little bit of a bump but it, it's it's not a, it's not a life-threatening i'm gonna freeze and sit here it's like i'm gonna do something about it now so what do you do for adrenaline now or are you just you know what's funny is uh I am a uh, I'm a Washington Redskins fan, so that's like just to the edge of my seat all the time. Because I was gonna say, if you get bored by shooting people and being <laughs> shot at, maybe you're just bored forever. I'm good though. I've had the adrenaline. I don't really I don't really need it anymore. Yeah. Fine with it. It's you know, um, yeah, I'm sure it's there somewhere. You've been shot at. You've been like shot. No, I've really? never been. Actually, no. I was um, in my team um, in 400 combat missions. No one in my team was ever hurt. 
mm-hmm. in combat. We had guys uh, skydiving accidents and stuff where they break <laughs> a leg, but no one was ever uh, ever shot or blown up while I was there in my in my team. I mean, there, we had guys, a lot of guys at SEAL Team Six that were killed and, right. and wounded, but no none of my. So I, part of the reason why I still have a lot of my sanity is uh, I've never seen a friend get hurt. I've had friends die, yeah, and that sucks. But I've never yeah. seen. I think seeing it and just knowing it are two different things. And some of my friends that have had guys die, I mean, that's, they just, it's not good. It's not good for them. It's not cool. Yeah, no, I, that's awful. I, I don't know how, I mean, you don't get over it's something tough. like oh, that. No. Oh, no. Yeah, we had a helicopter go down at SEAL Team 6 uh, a few months after the Bin Laden raid on August 6th, and we lost uh, 31 Americans, and we had 17 guys from SEAL Team 6 on that helicopter. Jeez. That's just, yeah, that's something you don't recover from. No. I'm miserable. You don't. And, 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 you know, I guess having, having, to see it would be worse but still that's like give yourself some credit that's some horrible shit that's horrible shit. it's like the worst it's the worst yeah but i mean some of the guys these are their best friends and they did see him and they did recover him and they did identify the bodies and it's just no never the same and then now so you you, you have these situations and then you, now you come back and you're you know a fox news contributor yeah. with no co-workers <laughs> and you have like a beautiful fiance and you're just it's it's different <laughs> it's a lot different it's to the point where it was uh it's almost like I know all the stories, but there's no way that happened in my life. It's so weird. Yeah. It's just, a, it's surreal. A lot of the stuff that I've seen that I, you know, I can, I can t- close my eyes and I can see the mountain when we went after the trail. I can see the first kill. I can, I can see uh, Richard Phillips when we were on the boat after my friends rescued him. We can, I can see Bin Laden's face after I shot him. And when I shot him, after I shot him, I can see his blood. Um, I can see, his, you know, it's just, it's weird, but it's like, there's no way I did that. Does Bin Laden, does he make facial expressions? He, uh, he, he was, he was just not surrendering. He was, he was moving towards me and, uh, he was a threat. If anyone's going to blow themselves up, it's Bin Laden. Right. He has to. So if he's not surrendering, he has to die. And the way, and I've heard uh, critics, whatever, they weren't there, but people will say, well, what, you're lying because you wouldn't shoot him in the face because we want facial recognition. It's like, well, have you ever dealt with a suicide bomber? You want to shoot him right in the mouth or in the middle of the head because all you have to do is connect, get the circuit to connect, and then he'll blow up. And then you're, everything you know is over. I never thought about that. So yeah. if you had something strapped to him, it wouldn't be strapped to his head so you it would, see but, it. But, but you need to, <laughs> well, no, it's, it's somewhere on, yeah. his, on his body. And I mean, we've seen suicide bombers where they have the negative on one wrist and the positive on the other, and all they do is touch it, circuit's connected, boom. Wow. That's it. And then the su- and I've seen suicide bombers in person, and that is the fastest, most violent shit you'll ever see. So you've seen people blow themselves yeah. up. Yeah, I actually had a guy. Uh, we were going after a dude in the field, and he blew himself up. And <laughs> the new guy next to me, we had like an arm flying between us. And the new guy next to me, he said he hadn't been there before, and he goes, uh, "Shit, Rob, was that, did you throw a grenade?" And I heard of one of my other buddies about my age. He goes, "No, bro, that was a suicide bomber. Welcome to Afghanistan." <laughs> Kind of, they kind of people just blow up around here sometimes. You just see people blow themselves up. Yeah, they blow up. You check yourself to see if you're hit, and then you get on with it. What is it? What does it look like? Just it's like, a just a big pink misty. Just a, it's not a it's not a big flamey Hollywood blow up. It's, right. It's, it's just it's, it's a it's a rapid violent transfer of energy. Just this dusty, smoky, misty, army just explosion. <laughs> and then what's left but is the like a sort is, of pile the, of flesh. No, 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 there's nothing left. Sometimes a head because like the it'll separate. But like um, <clears throat> you got to figure when when they do that, they have these uh, bolts and nuts and, and all kinds of stuff in the explosives that shoot at you. That's how a suicide bomber works. Oh, yeah. So the little projectiles to give you an idea of how bad it is, um, a bullet will come out of a gun at about twenty eight hundred feet per second. One of these projectiles comes at you at twenty two thousand feet per second. Jeez. So it's moving out, and it's 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 
it's bad. So like all you do is check yourself to see if you're okay and then he's gone. So the idiot with the arm, he blew himself up and didn't kill anybody. Didn't, kill, didn't, hit, <laughs> didn't hit anybody. It's like, good job, dude. The only, literally you had one job. He just, well, yeah, you really would want the best if you're going to blow yourself up just yeah. for like, just, he just did that. Well, for no see, reason. the issue is the guy that, you know, like the teacher of the suicide bomber classes has to go like, okay, I only can do this once. <laughs> oh my God. I never thought about that. That's probably bullshit, but I thought But what if the, well, yeah, like how do you learn to blow yourself up? Because it's not like anybody can Well, they've had you. it before where people put the thing on backwards and I've had friends that were in rooms with, unfortunately, uh, kids that were mm-hmm. suicide bombers, but they put it on backwards. So the kid blows himself up after he comes out of a closet and then. They just, everything went the other way. Oh my God. It's a, it's a crazy, I mean. You've yeah. seen a lot of kids blow themselves up? I haven't. No, I've, I've, I've encountered, I think, two suicide bombers ever, and yeah. that's enough. Yeah, I mean, everybody's doing it over there. Seems like it. What's crazy about that, the way that stuff works, is I remember when it first started, it was like in Gaza Strip with Israel, probably around 1999 or something like that. And it was like, oh my God, these people are blowing themselves up. Now it's so common, no one bats an eye. Yeah. No, it's just another suicide bomber. No, it's a suicide bomber. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like he's serious. He believes in this cause. I know. I would I, yeah, I, I don't I don't believe in anything so much that no. I can blow myself up. But no. then I feel like that'd be a deal breaker for me too. They're like, if this is gonna be your thing, you gotta blow yourself up. I'd be you like, gotta do it to prove it. Like, no thank you. I'll go with a different belief system. Back to drinking. <laughs> yeah, back to Yeah, I do like drinking. It's it's my <laughs> it's my favorite. I mean, do you so if do you like do you get like wasted in Afghanistan? Or oh no, no, no! You not you can't because you're afraid. That's... The no the uh, the thing in Afghanistan is uh, well the on paper general order number one is no alcohol. Yeah. Okay, um, people <laughs> do get it over there, but you don't you don't you don't get wasted. If if anything, you have a tough few, a few days and then a couple of drinks. But I, I mean, I'm, that must have only been me. I'm sure no one else does it because <laughs> I'm out of the navy. You know, there are people who are still in the military. I'm sure they don't drink at all. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they don't. Is there anything else you want to? Anyone want to talk about for you? You uh, no, this you is go. good. I mean, this is fun. I really appreciate you having me. I'm serious. It's yeah, just, like, good to sit down and shoot the shit a little bit. And this is all uh, just very, very interesting. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying. It. And you just talk about it like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like there was the adrenaline thing went away, and just matter of fact, just that's kind of how it went down for a while. I'm saying. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming, Certainly. everybody. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. All right.